Hello, and welcome back to The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America, where each episode we bring you a fresh and insightful interview with one of the film industry's top directors, conducted by one of their peers. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Google Play Music, iTunes, Stitcher, or on our SoundCloud page at soundcloud.com slash the director's cut. And if you're enjoying the director's cut, please take a moment to like, share, or comment. We love hearing your feedback. This episode takes us behind the scenes of director Martin Campbell's new film, The Foreigner, which stars Jackie Chan as Quant, a London businessman who embarks on a revenge-fueled vendetta after his teenage daughter is killed in a terrorist attack. As Quan searches for the terrorists, he is forced into a cat-and-mouse game with a British government official whose past could help identify the killers. In addition to The Foreigner, Mr. Campbell's directorial credits include the feature films Casino Royale, Goldeneye, Edge of Darkness, Green Lantern, Mask of Zorro, and Legend of Zorro, as well as episodes of the television series Homicide, Life on the Street. Following a recent screening of the film at the DGA Theater in Los Angeles, Mr. Campbell spoke with director Michael Apted about filming The Foreigner. During their conversation, Mr. Campbell discusses how he convinced Jackie Chan to take on the role, how he tackled shooting so many action scenes on a fast-paced schedule, and the value of working with new collaborators. So this was probably one of the more successful co-productions, isn't it? Well, I guess so. You know, we've done reasonably well, I have to say. Um, and uh, we, we did pretty well in China. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we uh, I think worldwide, we've done uh, pretty well. So, yeah, I guess so. So was it, was it, how did it come to be this film for you? Uh, simply, I was on a, I, I sort of worked with Marconi on it sort of in the early days. And then uh, SCX picked it up. And then I was off another uh, movie, which, um, uh, with uh, Relativity, which um, <clears throat> I was on that for something like eight or nine months. And then Relativity <laughs> collapsed. As a lot of these film companies do, it went bankrupt. And then the weekend after I walked off that, mm. they then offered me. I came back on to um, onto this movie. And, and was there a big Chinese presence in the, when you were preparing the film? Sorry, was there a big Chinese presence? Was there a lot of no, not at all, not at all. First of all, um, I had to go to China three or four times to uh, talk to Jackie to convince him to. Well, he wasn't you know, 100% sure he wanted to do it. And then finally he signed on. And uh, um, once that happened, then that meant the film was on its way, basically. How, how was he to work with? Because I think he, you did a great job with him, the two of you. Yeah, I mean, for him it was, um, for him it was the first time he had done uh, something, I think, as serious as this. Uh, he had done Police Story, which were very successful for him in China. Um, and uh, which where he played, you know, a, a police detective, for very serious parts. Uh, but he just wanted to change. You know, he's 63 now, and he actually feels that he wants to do other things, that he wants to uh, branch out. So this seemed the perfect vehicle for him. And uh, uh, so, really, that's why. It, uh, I mean, was happened. he was he easy to direct? Yeah, very. Uh, I mean, uh, totally professional, always on time. Um, 
and uh, uh, we started off with cue cards with Jackie because, of course, it's a long time since he's done a, an American, or if you will, um, a, a Western movie. Um, and uh, but I think after the first day, we talked, and no more cue cards, and he learned his lines, and he really took it very seriously. Hmm. So he's very good in it. I mean, has he had he done anything like this before? No, no, he hadn't. He hadn't done anything this serious before. <laughs> Not playing this part, sort of part. No. And how was he? I mean, to come clean with you, I think you are one of the best action directors there is. Mm. I can say that. <laughs> yeah. Because I dabbled in Bond, and your Bonds <laughs> we're both we're both Bond refugees. Yeah, but your, your Bonds are always the best. Unfortunately, oh, well, okay, well. but there you go. <laughs> but how how do you approach action sequences? You look at the script, and obviously the attraction of this film is that Jackie is going to do a lot of you know action stuff and stunt stuff. How do you? approach it when you have the script and you break down all the action sequences? What are you looking for? Well, the first thing with this was to actually say to Jackie, look, we're not going to do the usual Jackie Chan action sequences. It all has to have a military background, so the action has to be, um, it can't be what you've done in the past. In other words, there's no humor to it, there's no jokes to it, it all has to be tough, real, not go on too long, but be pretty brutal when we um, get into it. And he agreed to do it. We had two stunt rangers. One was Jackie's, who was a terrific guy, called Han. Jackie always travels with his team, which was about, I guess, 14 or 15 people. Um, and we had Greg Powell, who was the British. I had a British stunt ranger because I just wanted to make sure that the balance was correct you know, what we've normally come to expect from Jackie. And he agreed to go along with that. And so, um, but there was a little bit of friction between the, as you can imagine, between the Chinese, between Han, the Chinese stunt arranger, and of course, Greg, you know, the two different cultures, basically. Who's a big guy, too. He is a big guy, yeah. yeah. And were you in the middle of this? No, no, I, I, I arbitrated, if you will, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so what, what would happen is that they would rehearse, for example, the fight in the house sequence. They would yeah. rehearse on the weekend, and they would. Well, I would then the go stairs. in, I would cut it down, i yeah. say, I want this, 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 and this. I didn't want any of the sequences to go on too long. Um, and uh, I would say, no, that's, there's too much um, Jackie Chan in this week. You know, we can't do that. We've got to... And uh, remarkably, he went along. There was no real objection to it, so uh, um, so that's the way we worked it. Yeah, I, mean, I always think that action sequences go on far too long and then they lose their reality. I agree. Yeah. Have you always felt that? or always I always do, and um, you know, it, it always, you see these sequences where somebody gets punched and there's no blood, there's nothing. I mean, one good punch in the face, you're a squashed tomato, basically. I mean, right. there's blood everywhere, and uh, um, there's sort of no reality to it. The sound effects all do it, and of course, obviously, the uh, the reactions of the people being hit. And so, but really, there's no reality to it. The other thing about action is to know what's going on. You know, so many of the movies now they seem to they all seem to be uh, like six frame cuts. They're so quick. I don't see the geography. I don't know what's happening. I don't get any sort of uh, 
I just don't know what's going on really in the fight. I hear a lot of sound effects, I see a lot of reactions. I have no clue as to who's doing what to whom. I mean, you sound like an old conservative. I am an old conservative. You and me both. Yeah, you know, I mean, a couple I of relics work, from the past. But, you know. I mean, I, I, Greg worked with me, and, and again, you know, there's this thing, make it shorter, make it shorter. Yeah. Because you know, I just think it becomes unreal. And whatever. It does. And, and uh, actually, I was looking at your movie. In fact, we were here you know, a few weeks ago looking at your movie. Again, short, sharp action sequences. They seem to have, for me, much more impact. And <coughs> and uh, they're just not. They just don't go on endlessly and endlessly and endlessly. So yeah, it's so boring, isn't it? When it does that. <laughs> yeah. You, you mentioned to me when we were having a little chat about the difficulties with sound because um, you know Jack is not used to recording sound live on. Film. Well, no, Jackie works. Uh, it's interesting. I, I don't know if anybody knows this, but TV in China. Um, they loop everybody. There's no real sound recorded. What they do is they record the guide tracks, and then the um, actors themselves may not even loop the episode. They have other actors to actually loop the people who are who are in the um, whatever episode, and uh, they can be shooting anything up to a hundred TV series, you know, at the same time, which is true. I mean, they do it. Um, but with Jackie, it was simply him being able to, with his uh, un well, his understanding of English, obviously, because it was a long time since he had, I guess, the rush hours or with the last ones he did, rush hour three was probably, which was what ten, fifteen years ago. So his English was um, uh, a little, you know, was um, not that clear. So uh, he started off on cue cards, but I put a stop to that and sort of said, no, no, you have to learn the lines, you have to learn them, you have to understand that, which, to his credit, he, he, he did. He, he simply took it very seriously. Um, and the rest of it, I think we probably looped 2% of his lines, if that. That's all. Wow. Yeah. yeah, very little. So you had to be very patient with him and keep doing a lot of takes on it so you could get it. Well, to begin with, absolutely, and uh, a lot of takes, but then... As we went along, he really worked hard. He worked uh, with Pierce in his downtime to actually right. get it. And uh, in the end, there were not that many takes. Well, you know, was, was, was Pierce helpful with it all? Yeah, very, very helpful. He's, he's Helped good, him a lot. He's a good man, isn't he? Very good, very good. You know, Pierce is, I think, a vastly underrated actor. I think his performance is terrific in this movie. Yeah, it is. Um, I didn't realize he was as Irish as he. Sounds well, he's northern. This is Northern Irish. Of course, he's not Northern Irish, uh, but this accent. If anybody has heard Jerry Adams or any of the Irish leaders, oh, right? Yeah. McGuinness, for example, who, who, um, uh, um, McGuinness and Jerry Adams. That accent is just about perfect. Now, I noticed there were lots of your stunts done in London. It seemed to be London. Now, blowing up buses and things like that. Now, <laughs> you, you couldn't do that anymore. Though, could no, you? I'm afraid I don't think you'll be allowed to blow anything up in London. Uh, the, the, the bus was um, actually duplicated the... There was an IRA attack in Tavistock Square, a real attack. Yeah, I, I think it that. killed 56 people. It was a horrific attack. And we literally got all the footage from that, and we duplicated that almost exactly when a 
bomb goes off in the bus right. and, and uh, they allowed us onto the bridge. It took four months of um, four months of prep and four months of getting permissions and everything else. Uh, up to that point, of course, it was a long time since there was a terrorist attack in London. And finally they agreed to do it. Um, and we let everybody know it was happening. And we blew the thing, I think it took four hours. We, we were allowed four hours on the bridge. From eight in the morning at uh, midday, we had to have all the traffic running again smoothly. That was it. So well, literally one take. So it better work on one take, which is what we did. And we'd spent previous weekends going out, marking positions, so on and so forth. Um, anyway, we blew the thing up. It all worked. And... Uh, the Daily Mirror, which is one of the rags of, uh, <laughs> of papers in England that had this huge headline saying moronic across the front page with a big picture of the bus blowing up and claimed there were 4,000 people who complained. We had two. Two people complained about the bomb gun. So, so how many cameras did you have on it? If you only had one? It was nine. We had nine. Nine of it. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So where, where did you shoot most of the film? In London. Ireland? No, most of it's in London. Really? Well, yeah, because it was a it was a tight budget, so you know uh, we had to shoot in just in one city. Basically, I sent a second unit over to Ireland, so obviously the scenes where he gets off the ferry, um, where he's traveling through those gates that divide the Protestants and the Catholics, right? Which is a very famous gate. And the murals on the wall, which still remain there, the um, Bloody Sunday mural, for example, uh, that was second unit, and all the rest was. So who who was your second unit? Uh, Jamie J Jamie Marshall, who was also one of the line producers. Um, so we sent him to Ireland to do that. So talk about the crew, because I thought it was beautifully photographed. I thought the design was wonderful, and I thought the music was wonderful. Yeah, the crew, um, the uh, uh, David Tattersall, who was the uh, DP, he was he had done three Star Wars movies, he had done The Green Mile, he's done a lot of movies. Um, and uh, he also did Vertical Limit for me, which is a film I did a long time ago. Um, that was the first time I worked with him. And which one was that? Vertical Limit. Oh, right. That's yeah, the one did you did in your homeland. In New Zealand, yeah, yeah. We shot that there, um, which was a tough shoot, but he, he was excellent on that. And uh, he's also very fast, which, you know, films have changed now. The, 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 um, the kind of budgets that you and I work on now, which we prefer almost, is uh, this was a film that cost $38 million. I guess it sounds a lot, but it's actually not that much for what we had to achieve. Um, and uh, in order to do that, you have to have a DP that works, a uh, lightning camera that works very fast, right? that you have a great rapport with. Um, I had a designer, a designer I worked with years ago on a film I did in Australia called No Escape was Alan Cameron. This is his son. <laughs> who is now so he was Alex Cameron yeah it was terrific so we um, I used him um, the music uh, Cliff Martinez who had done Drive I don't know if everybody saw that film but oh, the yeah. music was absolutely terrific in it um, and uh, he did a lot of Soderbergh's movies yeah excellent really uh, a good guy and 
again, budgeting on those sort of budgets, you have to look at everything in terms of of um, your spend on music and you know in the independent world you and you like to keep the same crew together yeah as much as possible and in fact i had been a while since i'd shot a film in england but my apart from my dp probably everybody else was new the wardrobe for example designer actually was a wardrobe assistant who i'd worked with before who i promoted and did a terrific job she did a marvelous job so and so now what about cutting the film the editing how was that? Uh, well, again, um, uh, Stuart Baird is my normal editor. He's here. I, I don't know where somewhere. he is. I haven't seen I, him for months. Uh, well, he's probably in the bar no. or somewhere. But, <laughs> but but the thing is, Stuart's a, a tremendous editor. He did Casino Royale for me. He's he's done Edge of Darkness for me. Yeah. Uh, Green Lantern for me. He's done all of that. But. On these sort of budgets, of course... He's too expensive. He's too bloody expensive. Yeah, I mean, you can't afford the man. Anyway, so at the end of the day, I'd shot some pilots with um, uh, 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 Angela Catizano, and um, she'd done a marvelous job on those. I did three pilots with her, so I just promoted her and said, come and cut the film. And I thought she did a superb job. Yeah, she did. I mean, it seems that you had real free hand with the crew. So all yeah. your numerous producers backed away from all that. Did they? Well, to be honest, the, the producers, um, I had a very good, uh, the, the man who developed, Wayne was um, uh, Wayne Godfrey, uh, was terrific, just let us get on with the job. And frankly, the other producers, uh, Arthur Sarkissian, they stayed away, they let us do it, we kept our nose clean, I guess, and uh, right. we really did it, the, the film... Practically, was produced by the two line producers. Who was, you oh, know, so I mean, you lucked in there, didn't you? I did, and they did a great job, and they got producer credits, and they deserved it. I always like to, in this situation, I always like to ask directors, did the film turn out as you thought it would? Yeah, I'm. I'm not even sure I knew what it would turn out like. I, I haven't got a clue when you. No. <laughs> Do you? I've got no idea how it's going to turn out. This um, is my favorite quote is some, a documentary director, Albert Maisel, said, uh, if, if the film turns out as you thought it would, you haven't been listening. <laughs> Which I think is wonderful to, yeah. to show the, the amount that you have to try and not improvise, but pick up or acknowledge sure. or be yeah, flexible to, to yeah. give it the light, as it were. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a very good quote. <laughs> but I mean, with this sort of stuff, I mean, it it's, has to be so clearly laid out, doesn't it? I mean, the plotting and all that sort of stuff. Well, it's interesting, you know. They, they, some people have sort of criticised it because it's two films, but I didn't ever see it as a Jackie Chan film. I saw it as mm. a, as as a Jackie Chan Pierce Brosnan movie. I, I never, you know, and obviously the IRA stuff. It takes a, you have to listen to that to actually understand it. And I can totally understand an American audience perhaps having difficulty sort of understanding the IRA sort of um, elements to the story and so forth. I mean, did you have to loop some of that afterwards after? No, we, we but everybody nothing. Accepted, yeah. that's good. Very little looping in the film at all. So what was the toughest part of the film, do you think? The toughest part always is just the schedule. I mean, how much you have to do. When we started shooting in London during the winter, we I didn't get um, Jackie for three weeks. So by three in the afternoon, it was dark. So we had to 
start as soon as it was dawn, we'd be rolling. Right. And then by three o'clock, <laughs> it had gone black. So, so for example, right at the beginning, you know, the bomb goes off, she dies, Jackie, and then you cut to the scene of the tragedy with the ambulances and all the medics and everybody else. That was supposed to be a daylight scene. But of course, you know, in reality in London, it would probably be a night scene given yeah. so you had the to, time factor. You, know. you had to flow with that, did you? you turn it from day just, to night and whatever. Absolutely, you do, yeah. So that, that was Short days in terms of so you, How many days did you have on the film? 53. That's not a lot. Well, you're no, having well, so I, much action. I'll remind you, you shot yours, I think, in 44. Eh? Yeah, but I didn't have lots of nasty fighting and killing and all that sort of stuff <laughs> and spouting blood. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, I think it's very successful. Is this going to lead you now into the world of China American movies? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, China is fascinating. Actually, going over there to um, to see what they're doing over there. Clearly, they want you know something they're pushing for American Chinese movies. Uh, a Chinese element to the movie is what they want, but what they don't want is the token Chinese kind of. Well, you know, let's put a Chinese character in, and therefore uh, that will show the movie. They limit the amount of Western films that are shown. I think it's 34 at right? the moment, 35 uh, annually uh, are allowed into uh, to be shown in China. Um, but what they do require is that it's not just the token Chinese. It needs to, right. if it's going to be a Chinese. Um, American co-production, it clearly has to have, uh, you know, a solid um, participation both in right. character and plot to do with and the you, And you delivered that. I mean, although it's dominated by Jackie, there are other sure, yeah, Chinese. Parts well, also Jackie helps. I mean, being you know, he's a he's very well loved in China, so obviously that helped get the film. I mean, to be one of the thirty. But he. I mean, I'm answering your question for you, but he put himself into your hands, really. He didn't want to bring other things from no. other, his other history of filmmaking or whatever no. into this. No, not at all. It's kind of amazing, isn't it? It is, but I mean, he's, he's, a, uh, he's what you see. What you see is what you get is a very generous, right? Yeah. very professional. And what people don't realize is that literally halfway through the shoot, he had a double hernia operation. Oh, my double hernia and he was five hours on the table being operated oh. on and this is on a Friday now normally that would be at least six weeks off so on Monday he turns up right? and in order for him just to sit up from a lying position we had to put cables on him to to get him to sit up and he never he never complained he never but we had to be obviously very careful because you know you can and double him yeah. And actually has an extraordinary double. This guy, if you met him, you would go up and say, how are you, Jackie? Really? <laughs> Literally that. I was <laughs> looking so, at it a bit tonight, because he must have didn't do all his stunts himself, and whoever did the well, stunts. Well, he does, I have to say, he does a lot of that. Does Jackie does a lot of the fist stuff himself. Right. Right? And he's a hard taskmaster on the British actors, too, when he's got to train them, to. Right. Right? And uh, he's... Um, but uh, a, I mean, a great uh, guy. Was he seriously. tough on Greg, the stunt coordinator? He what? Was he tough on Greg? Yeah, there was a little friction there. You know, there was a, fr a little bit of friction there uh, between the two parties. No question about that. You know, and I had to referee it a little bit. 
That's filmmaking. Yeah, there you go. So what lies ahead, do we know? Well, I'm going on to a movie called The Professionals in Africa, which is a sort of... It's not called The Professionals in Africa. It's called The Professionals and it takes place in Africa. That's is that right? Right, okay. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, that's why he's that's why he's the MC. Um, <laughs> well, but <want> yes, <laughs> yes, that's it. So it, it all takes place in Nigeria. So it's um, uh, so that looks like the next. When, one. when are you going? Uh, it'll probably be probably uh, I'll do it early in the next year. Right. I mean, I'm start so then I'll stop seeing you when you go to Africa. I when? I'll, I'll stop seeing you when you go to Africa. Yes, indeed. indeed. Have you shot in Africa? <laughs> I, I, uh, yes, I have. I mean, a, a little bit. I mean, uh, did some extra shooting on Green Lantern in Africa oh, yeah. with um, Ryan Reynolds, who was shooting something else out there. So, oh. uh, but I've been to Cape Town a lot. Yes, but well, this I, is kind of down and dirty. It's, uh, it's I spent very tough. months in Africa. Hmm? I spent months I know, in Africa well, with gorillas. And, and Stuart Baird cut it, if I'm... No, is that right? Did, he? Is that Stuart, he did you cut it? Yes, he did. Yes, he did cut it. Thanks for remembering. <laughs> I was only teasing you. I mean, it did take a year to edit. That was a great film. So I knew you were there, for God's sake. Gorillas in the Mist, by the way, for yeah. anybody who... All right, well, thank you very much for this. That's great. Very and, good. and thank you all for coming along. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. Don't forget, you can check out past episodes of The Director's Cut wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date on the great discussions we have coming up. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please like, share, and leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America. Music is by Dan Wally.